When someone has been murdered, the main question we ask ourselves is, why? What motive could the killer have had to cruelly end another person's life? Why would someone take the life of a loving mother, wife, an all-round good woman who wanted to make a difference to her community? Let's uncover the murder of Missy Beavers. Hello and welcome to the 10th episode of Uncover True Crime Podcast. My name is Stephanie and each week we uncover a different unsolved true crime case ranging from unsolved disappearances, unsolved murders, Jane and John Doe's and suspicious deaths. You can listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher and other podcast streaming apps as well as on YouTube. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at uncover underscore pod and on instagram at uncover true crime pod without any further ado let's uncover the unsolved murder of missy beavers terry leanne strickland was born on the 9th of august 1970 to norma and james strickland she had two brothers clint and clifford and went by the name missy she grew up in jacksboro texas and throughout her life her friends and family described her as being very friendly she went on to get a bachelor's degree in science when she was 25 and two years later she married Brandon Beavers. When she got married, she went back to college and graduated with a teaching certificate in special education and became a special needs teacher. When she gave birth to her first daughter Hannah in 2001, she decided to put her career on hold to become a stay-at-home mum, a job that she absolutely adored. In 2003, she had a second child, Ali and then would later go on to have Sarah, who was born in 2007. Soon after having her three girls, Missy began developing an interest in fitness. She focused on getting herself fit and healthy, then decided she wanted to help others achieve the same. Unlike many fitness instructors, Missy taught her students not only how to be physically fit, but how to be spiritually and mentally well too. She would run different classes in her community and was liked by many of her students. On the 17th of April 2016, the night before her Camp Gladiator class, it was raining heavily. This did not deter Missy though, as she put a post on Facebook saying, quote, Even if it's raining, we're still training, unquote, and told the people attending her class that it would be held inside the Creekside Church in Texas, instead of being outside as originally planned. The class was due to start at 5am on the 18th of April, however, Missy would be murdered before this class could ever take place. Missy's students arrived for her class at approximately 4.45am and tragically, they found her unresponsive in the hall that the class was due to take place. An ambulance and the police arrived soon afterwards, but Missy, aged 45, was pronounced dead at the scene. This would be the first murder to appear in Midlothian, Texas in at least 10 years. Police began to examine the crime scene in the rest of the church and found signs of forced entry. There was glass around Missy's body and the screen on one of the windows had been popped open and a glass panel on one of the metal doors had also been broken. Some sources also stated that it looked as though someone had tried to clean the crime scene. Initially, Police theorised that Missy had interrupted a burglary and she was simply in the wrong place at the wrong time. However, after examining CCTV from inside the church, many started to speculate that Missy was the intended target and that whoever murdered her knew her personally. The CCTV footage that has been released to the public is widely available to watch on YouTube. But it did show a person dressed in SWAT gear within the church 
at 3.50am. This is important to note as the cameras inside the church were motion activated and the cameras facing the front of the church were inoperable at the time, so we are unsure exactly when the suspect entered. But he or she could have been in the church for as long as 30 minutes before Missy arrived at 4.15. Police believe the suspect left right after the assault took place, but it is unknown if they have footage of the suspect leaving the church. There is footage of Missy entering the church, but police have decided not to release it out of respect to her family. The murder itself was not caught on CCTV, and police have confirmed that there is no footage of Missy and her attacker together at any point before the assault. The suspect is described as being between 5 foot 2 and 5 foot 7 inches tall and has light coloured skin. From the footage, the suspect appears to have a stocky build although this may be in part due to the SWAT uniform they were wearing. Police believe that he or she entered via the door with the broken glass as there was no way they could have climbed in through the window, given the size of the window and the build of the suspect. The suspect seen on CCTV also had a very unusual gait when they walked as their feet were pointing outwards and as John Lorden noted in his YouTube video about this case, the suspect may have had an injury to their right leg. Some believe the reason the suspect is walking this way is because they are wearing shoes too big for them. This has led many to believe that if the shoes were too big, then maybe the entire outfit was too big for them, meaning that they might have a smaller frame than the video shows. Personally, I think that if the suspect was female, wearing bigger shoes and a bigger outfit would be a very clever way of throwing police off the scent and making them believe that the person that killed Missy was male, although this is pure speculation. We don't know the gender of the killer. Police have asked the public to examine the footage to see what they can determine from it and if they recognise the person's walk. There is no clear footage of the suspect's face, so police have very little to go on in terms of a physical description. Although it was the suspect's behaviour inside the church that made people question whether or not this was a burglary gone wrong. Nothing appeared to have been stolen from inside the church, and Missy's husband Brandon has confirmed to the media that his wife was wearing her wedding ring when she was found. When the suspect is first seen on camera, he or she opens a door, briefly looks inside, but comes back out very quickly, leaving the door open. They then attempt to open another door, which appears to be locked. It looks as though they try to jimmy the door open with some kind of tool, possibly a tire iron or something similar. Throughout the footage, they are carrying something that looks like a hammer in their hand. They continue to wander around the church, aimlessly opening doors and merely peering inside until the last frame when they are seen again trying to open another door. The door is out of shot of the camera, but the suspect looks as though they are trying to break in using the hammer. In his or her left hand, they are holding an unidentified object, which some think may be a long rectangular box of sorts. After they break in through the door, they lean into the room for a few seconds and appear to walk inside before the footage ends. One thing that has struck a lot of people about this footage is that the suspect isn't walking with any sense of urgency. They appear quite calm and relaxed while roaming around the church. This might be because they don't expect to be interrupted at 4 in the morning, whilst others believe that this was a premeditated murder. The fact that the suspect doesn't take anything from the church, and doesn't appear to be looking for anything in the footage, makes people believe that the burglary was staged and the real reason for the break-in was to harm Missy. It's not only the Midlothian police that are investigating Missy's murder, 
They have had assistance from the Texas Rangers and the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Guns and Explosives, the latter of which brought a sniffer dog into the church to try to trace gunpowder residue. It is unknown what the findings were, however the sniffer dog was brought in two days after Missy's death, the day after the autopsy. It is possible that she had a wound consistent with that of a gunshot, however there is no concrete way to prove this. There are rumours that Missy was shot and that a gun was found near her body, however I couldn't find any credible source confirming this. Police have never publicly stated what Missy's cause of death was, however on a warrant issued days after her death, it stated that she died from a head wound and several sources have said that she had several puncture marks on her head and chest. These wounds would not necessarily be caused by her being shot as there are several ways that these wounds could have occurred. Police have since obtained CCTV footage of either a 2010 or 2012 silver or light-coloured Nissan Altima pulling into the car park of an SWFA shop only half a mile from the church shortly before Missy's murder. The car drives into the car park at 1.58am and leaves at 2.04am. This car park has very good surveillance and the car can be seen from multiple camera angles for the entire six minutes. Whoever was in the car drives around the car park for several minutes, then turns their headlights on and off repeatedly. Eventually, it parks in a space and waits for around two minutes, then leaves. When it leaves, it turns right the way that you would drive if your next destination was the Creekside Church. Police have not said if they think the killer was in the car and have said only that they wish to speak to the driver. Police have issued a few warrants in this case, most of which were done very soon after the murder. Police seized Missy's phone and iPad to check her communications in the weeks leading up to her death. Texts and messages from the social media site LinkedIn have shown that Missy and Brandon were having marital problems as well as financial issues and many have alluded to the possibility that they were both having affairs at the time. It is important to mention at this point that Brandon has an alibi. He was in Mississippi on a fishing trip at the time that Missy was killed, and this has been verified by police. She was in conversations with a few men at the time of her death, and at least one was said to have been, quote, flirtatious and familiar, unquote. Some even go as far to say the messages were intimate, although several of the messages were deleted and police have been unable to recover them. Three days before Missy was murdered, she received a message from a man on LinkedIn that she didn't know. She showed the message to her friend, although the friend can't remember the man's name, and said that she didn't know who he was. Both the friend and Missy thought the messages were creepy, and it's unknown if police have been able to speak to the man who sent them. They also issued a warrant for nearby cell towers in the hope that the killer brought their phone with them to the murder and they could be traced that way. Another warrant that police obtained days after Missy's murder gathered a lot of media attention. The warrant was for a bloody shirt that had been taken into the dry cleaners. The person working at the dry cleaners tipped off police about the shirts as he knew the person that had dropped them off had a very close connection to Missy. Who was this person? Her father-in-law, Brandy Beavers. 
He claimed that his wife's dog had gotten into a fight with another dog and died soon after they took them to the vet. Brandon and Randy were both questioned by several journalists outside the police station shortly after being interviewed by police and they both said that they were cooperating fully with the investigation and said that they wanted to quote, put out this fire pretty quick, unquote, and Brandon stated that it was a quote, non-issue, unquote. The shirt that was found to have blood on it was a woman's extra extra large shirt and Randy has confirmed that the shirt belonged to his wife and that she was holding the dog soon after it got into the fight. The person that reported the body shirt to the police said that it looked like someone had tried to clean the blood out of the shirt which absolutely makes sense. I think most people would do that if they for whatever reason got blood on their clothing. Randy and his wife were both in California visiting family at the time of Missy's death, so if the blood on the shirt belonged to Missy, either Randy or his wife probably would have been arrested by now, but that hasn't happened. Also, the vet confirmed Randy's story, stating that their dog died shortly after getting involved in a fight with another dog. Although, many people still do point the finger at Randy as he had a similar walk to the person in the CCTV footage and I have to admit he does. However, as he was over a thousand miles away when Missy was murdered, I think this qualifies as an airtight alibi. Brandon stated during press interviews that he initially believed Missy was killed because she interrupted a burglary, but after being shown evidence by police, he has changed his mind and he now thinks Missy was killed by a female that she knew. Despite journalists repeatedly asking Brandon and Randy if they were upset that the police had issued the warrant for the shirt, they stated that they were very happy with how Missy's case was being handled. Brandon said that it showed diligence not only by the police, but by the public, and that more of that would be needed if they were ever going to find out who was responsible for killing his wife. Although sadly, Missy's case remains unsolved almost four years after her murder. Some people believe that Missy was killed either by someone she was having an affair with or possibly the wife of someone she was having an affair with. It's also been speculated that maybe Brandon was having an affair and that perhaps his mistress killed Missy in the hopes of having Brandon to herself. It's really important to note that we do not know for certain that either one was having an affair and this is just a theory. It seems to me that whoever killed Missy entered the church that morning with the intention of harming her. Perhaps the SWAT team uniform was a way to throw police off. Maybe they knew that the church had surveillance cameras inside and knew that by wearing this uniform, it would be very hard for police to come up with an accurate description of them. But as I've said, due to the information that we currently have and the fact that Missy didn't seem to have any enemies, it really is hard to come up with any other theories as to who murdered her. At the end of 2017, Brandy stated that he will no longer continue in the search for his wife's killer. He said that his children, who were only 15, 13 and 9 at the time of their mother's death, have gotten really upset by having to relive that terrible day and he wants to focus on them and their mother's legacy. They want to honour her by the way that she lived and not remember her by the way that she died. I'm sure that many people think this is strange or maybe even suspicious, However, I can totally understand it. It doesn't mean that he isn't cooperating with police, as in when they need to speak to him, it just means that he would rather concentrate on his daughters. And at the end of the day, it's the police's job to search for Missy's killer. 
Brandon and his family need time to heal and remember the wonderful woman Missy was and it is important that we remember that too, not just the gruesome details of her death. She taught some of the most vulnerable people in our society, raised three daughters who she loved dearly and on that fateful day she was preparing a class that helped people become the best version of themselves that they could be. Missy was clearly a very inspirational woman and although it is important that we find her killer and get them off the streets, Missy was clearly a very inspirational woman and although it is important to find her killer and get them off the streets, I think that we can all learn a little bit from Missy. If you have any information on Missy's murder, no matter how big or small, please contact the Ellis County Crime Stoppers on 972-937-7297. Tips can also be submitted by privately messaging the Monlothian Police Department on Facebook. All pictures and sources related to this case can be found on our blog at uncoveredtruecrimepodcast.blogspot.com. That's all I have for you today. Thank you for listening till the very end. Please stay safe and have a good night.